In our house, we have one where I needed to install a new dimmer switch. This was probably five years ago. This is going to show you how we really live in our Kerr house. Um, in the kitchen, you know, the, the dimmer over the kitchen table, the switch broke. I'm like, well, I can install a new dimmer switch. But this particular light fixture has another switch in the living room that controls that same switch. I don't know how it does that. That's what there's electricians for. But I thought, well, I can install a new dimmer switch, right? I bought the switch. I took it off. I learned in several years ago it's not just good enough to turn off the switch. you got to turn off the breaker, too. So I did that, pull it out. I get the wires, and I put the new ones in, and I'm like... Which wire was supposed to go where again? And I think, I think I'm reading the directions. And there was one way of doing it that was correct for this situation where there was two switches. And there was another way of doing it that was incorrect. And that's the way I did. And I installed it. And the dimmer worked great. But if this switch in the living room is not on, then the dimmer switch doesn't work. So I've just gotten used to it. Kids will say, Dad, the light's not working. I'm like, oh, here, flip this switch. But that's a sign that something's not working right, right? But me as the owner of the house, I've just gotten used to the fact that, yeah, you got to flip this switch over here, do things in the right order. Yeah, you got to jiggle the handle or else this won't work. You know, stuff like that. We do this. Rather than fix things, we just accept them and adapt. And we get to the point where we say, well, that's just how this works. And it takes other people coming into our house saying, no, you shouldn't have to do that. That's a sign that something isn't installed right. When we don't rest, our bodies let us know that something is wrong. Our minds let us know that something is wrong. And this can be pain, fatigue, different heightened emotions, even anxiety and depression. And we'll list a bunch of other things in a minute. But our problem is that rather than recognize these symptoms as part of a larger problem, we just adapt, don't we? Oh, that's just how it is. I just have headaches. Oh, that's just how it is. My body doesn't work right. Oh, that's just how it is. I'm tired all the time. I just need more coffee. I need four cups of coffee, and soon it'll be five. Have you ever been there, right? We just adapt, and we forget that this is our bodies sending us a sign that something is not right. So we medicate, and we mask the symptoms, and we up our dose of ibuprofen, and as you get into your mid-40s, you know how that works. Rather than getting to the root of the issue, that healthy souls, mind, body, spirit, need to rest. And there's another element as followers of Jesus. Not that just rest is a good idea, but rest is a matter of obedience with Heavenly Father, with our God. He set up the idea that honoring God with our bodies is an important thing. He set up rest as a matter of obedience. God set the rhythm for rest when he created the world. He worked for six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. So you probably might be, you might be here thinking, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a big deal. I got too much to do. There's too many people waiting on, or relying on me. I can't rest. I can't take a day off. I'm too important to take a day off. God took a day off, okay? So you can never say that you're too important or you have too much to do, that you can't take a day off. He set the rhythm for this. Work six days and then rest. He commands us to do that. Take a Sabbath day is one of the Ten Commandments. This is a matter of obedience. In Leviticus 25, God also commanded the Israelites when they were planting crops they would say, well, you can plant crops in the fields for six years, but on the seventh year, you need to let the fields rest. This was a Sabbath year for the crops. And so that was an element of trust and obedience to God, thinking, okay, God, we're going to trust you because our minds would say, well, this crop is our livelihood, so we're going to plant it every year. But we know this, 
that this is now backed up by science. Our bodies do better when we rest. The, the fields and the crops, they do better when we don't plant crops every year. Science will back this up. One of the issues with our food supply these days is because the soil is just getting depleted from nutrients because we're over-planting everything. And then also the other chemicals, we're going to talk about all of that in the next couple of weeks. But God set this up, that we are to trust him and rest. Trust him enough to know that you will be more healthy and productive working six days and resting one than you would be if you worked all seven days, if you tried to produce all seven days. It's the same thing the Old Testament Israelites, they would have had to trust it that the harvest is going to be more plentiful in six years of planting and one year of rest than if you planted all seven. So this is just the intro to this idea today. This message is this. I'm encouraging you to rest, right? Oh, everyone take a deep breath. This feels good, right? And we're just going to rest. Physical, mental, spiritual rest. So I'm going to talk briefly about all three of those things this morning. And I mentioned it already, physically speaking, our bodies need rest. Our bodies need rest. Here's the good news about all of our bodies that we were given, okay? Some of you are looking at it thinking, well, I got plenty of bad news, but I need some good news. Here's the good news about the physical body that you are in. It is well-equipped to handle stress. It's well-equipped to handle stressful situations. Your mind and your body and your emotions and hormones and chemicals that your body puts out, it is well-equipped Chemicals are produced in stressful situations. Adrenaline and cortisol is one chemical that your body will produce in a stressful situation. It's that adrenaline that put extra resources where needed if you're in a dangerous situation. For example, if you're being chased by a ferocious bear, your body is going to produce chemicals that cause you to be more heightened and anxious and aware, and you can run faster, and you can, you know, fight or flight. Have you ever heard of that? Your body will produce chemicals. When the ferocious bear, you're going to decide, am I going to run or am I going to fight? And your body will be ready for either one. I encourage running. And I've always said this. If you're with a group of people... They say play dead or just stand still. That sounds like someone saying that so that if there's a group of people that are going to run away, you're going to be the dummy that says, no, I'm just supposed to stand still. Because they want you to be the one the bear gets, right? I encourage you to run, and I encourage you to not be the fastest, just don't be the slowest. Okay? But your body produces cortisol as a chemical to do this. It increases blood pressure, your heart rate, heightens your senses. You're on the lookout. You're anxious. You're geared towards survival because you are under a threat. And by design, your bodies are meant to rest after that, to allow those chemicals to settle. This cortisol needs to come down so that our body can recover. Our bodies need rest to recover from stress. That kind of rhymes. Or else you'll be a mess. That really rhymes. That's good. You should write that down. Cortisol affects how your body manages food. It affects your blood pressure, blood sugar, how you sleep and wake, the cycle of sleeping and waking. The reason you can't sleep when you're stressed is because those chemicals are there. You're still in that anxious mode. You still think you need to be awake and anxious in case the bear comes into your room at night to fight the bear. You can't sleep because those chemicals are there. And as much as that chemical is needed... It's not meant to be constant. It's not meant to be constant. Some of you are thinking, why did I come to church? This sounds like biology class. We're going to get to the spiritual stuff in a minute, I promise. But if we spend too much time in the adrenaline rush, if you are stressed too much, your body stays in fight mode. 
Your adrenal glands don't ever shut off because you're always in that anxious, heightened state. I've been there where it's been weeks and months. Some of it due to the structural engineer over at the other building where I'm in that anxious state. You know how that feels to just feel worn down, don't you? You've been there, right? You're, laying, you're feeling tired, but you lay down in bed, and instantly your mind just starts going. And it's anxious, and you're like, oh, i got to do this, and note about this, and this is a mess. Your body needs to rest. That chemical needs to settle down. So for you, when do you physically rest? Are you taking a day where you're just allowing the cares of the work world to just set aside and just be like, you know what, I'm going to be obedient to God, and I'm going to take a day to settle down? Are you sleeping enough? Seven to nine hours. Students, are you sleeping enough? Emma, I know you're sleeping enough. You are very good at regimented eight o'clock bedtime. That's good. That's a good example, kids. Be like Emma. Are you always working? Do you use your vacation days? Do you allow your body to rest and allow it to recognize that you're not in any danger? We need to have those moments where we allow our bodies to rest, knowing it's not in any danger. I can chill out for a bit, and the world is going to keep on spinning. You're not the center of the universe. You're not holding it all together. You don't have to keep the plate spinning. You can rest, and it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You need to allow your bodies to rest. I think for many of us, and there's been times where I've been in this situation as well, we don't like the idea of slowing down and resting because then we're alone with our thoughts, right? I want to keep busy, I want to keep active because I don't want to think about all the other stuff that's not going on. So we just keep busy just as a sign to keep our minds occupied. We need to rest, be in stillness, and right now that idea of stillness and silence might sound like torture to you, but we need to get good at that. We need to get good at that if we want to have a healthy soul. We're going to talk a little bit about, more about physical stuff in the next couple of weeks, exercise and diet and all these things. Oh, yeah, you're thinking. But physically, we need to allow our bodies. And our body, your body's probably sending you signals today. It's time to rest. We need to get good at that. Secondly, mental. Mental rest. Some of you are doing that right now, I can tell. Your minds are fully at rest. Don't do it all right now. Maybe save some for later when it's football time. Our minds need to rest. And often, as I said, this is often harder than physical rest because we are bad at stillness. Stillness makes a lot of us just feel itchy. I should be doing something. If that's you, that's a sign that something is out of whack, okay? We need to have times when we are still. Our world is not still. It's full of noise and advertisements and announcements and constant Activity and screens. Everywhere there's screens, right? Now there's more screens because it's advertisement and they need to keep the message in front of us and they need to keep the noise in front of us, right? I was at, there's a gas station. I don't remember. It's County Road 50 and then past Cedar. I don't know what that road turns into, but if you keep going down, they're heading towards old downtown Lakeville. There's a gas station there called the High High Gas Station. You ever been there? I love the High High Gas Station because every time I drive by, I like to say, hi, hi, hi. It's just a fun thing to do. But it's all, gas is usually cheaper there, too, which is a bonus. So I, was, I pulled into the High High a couple of weeks ago, and I pulled in. It was late at night. It's just kind of south, south Lakeville. It's not a busy road. No one else was around. It was probably 10 o'clock at night. I pull in. I get the thing, put the card in. I start pumping the gas, and I'm standing there, and a weird, there was a weird sensation. I was like, what is? Something is weird right now. There's no one else around. 
It was completely silent, okay? It was completely silent. There wasn't any music playing, and there wasn't even the gas pump TV screen saying, here's what you need to know today. I hate those things. Like, leave me alone. I don't want to watch a screen right now. And it got me thinking, how often am I ever just in silence? Like, this, was, this felt weird to me. And it reminded me how much our world is just bombarding us with screens and noise and images and messages and advertisements because they're selling stuff all the time. Our minds can't handle that all the time. Our minds can't handle that all the time. We now have phones. I should have had my phone, but it's doing the Facebook Live right now. Hi, Facebook audience. Um, all three of you, hello. Good to see you. We have phones now that we carry around that are a screen, that are a constant bombardment of information. It is the worst thing for us when it comes to allowing our minds to be at rest. Teenagers. It is the worst thing for us when it is allowing your mind to be at rest. That phone that you carry around and you stare at the whole time, right? The, yes. Uh, and many parents wanted to say amen there, and let's be real. Our kids are just, I learned it from you, mom and dad. I learned it from watching you because we do the same thing. We're going to talk about phones. We have these phones, TV now on our phones. Kids, we used to watch TV on a television. It was weird. We have TVs and streaming and YouTube and social media, and we never give our minds a break. So I'm going to talk about phones and screens for a moment. And lest anyone cast the first stone, I'm, we're going to look at your screen time report from that they sent, how much you were on it. More and more, scientists and doctors are understanding that there is a strong connection between smartphone use and anxiety and depression. More and more. This isn't just me making this up. And one reason, it's a constant distraction. It's a constant way that our minds stay active. And we do it to ourselves. When we sense that there's nothing going on, we're like, where's my phone? I need my phone. I need to distract myself. I need to start playing that dumb game or words with friends, which I lose every time. Or look at YouTube or social media, and you find yourself scrolling through Instagram, and I'll do that. And I'm like, I've already looked at all these pictures. Not only do I not care about these enough to see it one time, why am I watching it now for the third time? I don't understand. It keeps our mind active. It keeps noise and activity. It's a constant interruption. If there's any stillness, we're grabbing our phone. If there's a lull in a conversation, we're grabbing our phone. If there's a commercial on the TV show that we're watching, we're grabbing our phone. We've even seen it in our house where kids are watching TV while on their phone. I do it sometimes as well. Anytime we need a potty break, where's my phone? If you're, don't, don't give me a show of hands, but I know some of you do that. Where's my phone? I can't go to the bathroom if I don't have my phone. We need our minds constantly going. We have this constant activity. We gotta look at something, watch something. Our, not, our minds are never allowed to be still and we are dealing with the consequences. We're dealing with the consequences with anxiety and depression running rampant. I know that part of it is gonna be because we never allow our minds to be still and rest and our minds are sending us a signal that something's not right. And instead of saying, well, that's just how my mind is, no. We need to recognize there's a larger problem there and put the phones away once in a while, okay? Maybe that's all you needed today. Just allow yourself to have a break from the constant interruption. Allow your mind and your body to be able to be still and not at the mercy of whoever decides to send you a text, right? Put the phones away. Maybe you want to 
have it in another room when you go to sleep. I've put myself in timeout recently because I would find myself looking at my phone first thing in the morning. Some of you are thinking, well, I can look at my phone right before bed because it has that setting, you know, the warm light setting that won't cause you. Put the phone away, okay? You don't need it all the time. I found myself checking my phone first thing in the morning, and inevitably, out of habit, I would click on Facebook or Instagram, and I'm looking at this, and that's the first thing going into my mind in the morning. So I put myself on downtime limits, where all those apps are shut off until 9 a.m., and they shut off at 9 p.m., just as a way for me to say, okay, I don't need to do this first thing in the morning. I don't need that to be the first thing that I fill my mind with. It messes with your sleep. It messes with your mind. It's causing us to never allow our minds to be at rest. It's increasing our social pressure. High school, grown-ups, high school in the 80s and 90s, high school was tough enough, right, when we didn't have the social anxiety of what's everybody else saying and doing. I didn't need to know all the parties I was not invited to in high school. There was many, but I didn't need to see pictures of all my friends having fun without me. Right? I, I, think, I thought about this the other week. If I was ever at a social engagement and uh, high school friends say we was at a party or something, and I got to the point where I realized, this isn't, this isn't really my crowd. I don't think any, I'm not really fitting in here. This feels weird. That person's being mean to me. I'm going to go home. And so I would go home, and home would be safety, right? Home was where, for me, it was where I was loved and accepted unconditionally. I know home is not that way for some people. But I never had to bring home, I never had to bring home the phone that showed all the social anxiety. I could leave that social pressure at the party. I could leave it at school. I could leave it wherever, and I could go somewhere else. You guys, young people, you don't have that privilege now because you have a phone. Every social pressure, am I fitting in? Does someone like me? Do they approve of me? All of that stuff is following you around on your phone. We need to be at rest. We need to remember that our value, as I have said, is anchored in God's love. And none of these other things that we keep looking to are going to provide that. Nothing you're going to find on your phone, students or adults, is going to provide you with that value and that worth. Only God can do that. But yet we keep looking to the counterfeit things to fill our minds and our souls with worth and value and acceptance. And you know what the Bible says? When people keep looking to counterfeit things instead of God for the things that only God can give us, you know what the Bible calls those things? Idols. Yes, they call them idols. We have an addiction to our screens and our social media. At worst, it's a comparison generator, a sleep hinderer, a rest blocker, and a little anxiety factory that we're carrying around. And at best, it's just kind of a waste of time. So take a break. I've informed our kids that we are going to do this either this week or next week, that we're going to have a screenless week, okay? And right away, you'd have thought I had, well, done something really bad. I don't know. <laughs> what? A whole week? And, of course, they get, well, I need to do homework. Of course, they need screens for homework. So, okay, you can do homework. Well, what about this? Well, you know, no. So if you need to get a hold of my kids in the next week, send them a letter. Write them a letter. <laughs> We're going to take a break. Now, this is not to say everyone needs to do this. All I'm saying throughout this whole series, I don't have all the answers. All I'm saying is if you're finding yourself unable to rest, if you're finding your mind always active, Try some things. 
Do something different. Don't just keep jiggling the handle. Do something different and get to the root of the problem. Get rid of the phone for a week and see if you feel better, if you sleep better. Change your diet or your exercise. See what happens. See if you feel better or sleep better. Maybe your body is sending you signals. we got to do something different. So our kids and our family, we're going screenless for a week. We'll see how that goes. But we're going to look at that and say we're going to fast social media. We're going to fast all the time we spend staring at our phones and see if our minds can be at rest, see if we can start feeling better. That's all I'm going to say about phones today. Amen, said the teenagers. <laughs> we need to rest our minds. Again, we need to get enough sleep. We need to take a media break. We need to reset some things. We need to relax, be in stillness. We need to get to the point where we're okay being in silence. And just being in silence. If we're going to be a people that wants to hear the voice of God, hear God's leading, hear the Holy Spirit in our life, we've got to have times when we are silent. It can't be constant interaction and interruption. We need to be okay with stillness. It's okay to, and this doesn't go in an agreement with the stillness thing, but for me, sometimes listening to certain music just allows my mind to reset. I just enjoy it. it allow, I feel replenished from that. It's not just about you know, stopping all the things. It's about filling your life with good things that cause you to replenish and rest. It can be in relationships, real relationships, not virtual relationships. On New Year's Eve, um, there's a huge difference in our family when we decide to do something fun with people rather than sitting at home watching TV, ABC, watching the people stand there in New York City. So this past New Year's, we went out to some friend's house and we played games. It was fun. I felt great after that. So much better than when I'm sitting at home watching something on television. Real social interaction. That's going to be a big thing, especially as we move into the building. Just times for us to build relationships together, face-to-face, -face, talking sharing burdens, encouraging one another. These are things that will bring replenishment to your soul. There's a lot to be said about eating healthy, different supplements, different foods that will manage your body, manage the chemicals, help your mind be at rest. Exercise, walking, sunshine, fresh air, all of these things are going to help your body be at rest. I know you're thinking, well, I shouldn't exercise because I want to be at rest. I get that, but your body will respond to physical movement what we put in, what we do with it, your body will respond. And finally, i got about five minutes left. We've talked about mental and physical things. Rest is a spiritual thing. Mental and physical anxiety comes when we feel that we're in danger or that circumstances are bad. And the core, as I said last week, is anchored in Christ, anchored in our relationship with God. The core of being at rest is knowing that you are well cared for by God. That's the core of it. That's the core of it. Knowing that God loves you and is looking out for you. That is going to be the source of ultimate rest. You know how your soul needs a center? That is it. Isaiah chapter 12, which we read earlier, there was two verses that really jumped out this week that I kind of anchored this message around. It says this. We can throw those up again. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. Behold... God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. I want you to get that line. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. Therefore, you will joyously draw water from the springs of salvation. Keep that verse up there. We see a verse like that and we're like, oh, that sounds nice. There's some nice verses and nice words in there. This is, there is a practical 
benefit to faith in God, and this is it. You will trust and you will not fear. When you trust, you will not be afraid, and you'll live life joyously drawing water from the springs of salvation. Doesn't that sound great? Not being burdened and weighed down by anxiety, not being constantly active and frantic and spinning your wheels trying to live with a healthy soul. You will trust, and you will not be afraid, and you will joyously live because you're drawing everything that you need from the well of salvation. Amen? That sounds great. I love the verse. I love that verse. The spiritual element to resting is trust. Your ability to truly be at rest depends on your level of trust in a good God. Okay? Did you get that? You got to get that. Your ability to rest is how much you trust in God. Because if you think you got to keep all the plates spinning, if you think you got to manage all your family, if you think it's all up to you, you're going to bear the weight of that. But if you can trust that God is looking out for you, looking out for your family, looking out for your kids, looking out for your finances, as you trust him that he is going to provide in ways that you didn't even know you need. God knows what you need more than you do. God wants you to succeed more than you do. God wants your kids to flourish more than you do. You can trust him. Trusting God means that I can relax, that I can honor the Sabbath and he will provide. Trusting God means that I know that my value is not found in what I produce, but in a loving God. Psalm 4, verse 8 says this. Can we throw that one up there? Psalm 4, verse 8. I will lie down, in peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. This was the psalmist David writing this. Now, this would have been written in times of armies and wars. So, this would have been written when David is out with the, bat, with the army. And you think it's hard for you to lay down and sleep when you're thinking, oh, I got to do this tomorrow, I got to do this tomorrow. Think about leading an army, knowing that if the enemy's going to attack, they're probably going to do it at night when it's dark. They're going to sneak up on you. How in the world am I supposed to lay down and sleep knowing the enemy's out there and one of these nights they're going to attack? Because I trust in the Lord. I trust in the Lord. In peace, I will lie down and I will sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. You should memorize that verse. There's times where I'm laying down at night and my mind is racing of all the things and all the things that are stressing me out. And I will say those words, Lord, in peace, I will lie down and I will sleep for you make me to dwell in safety. You can handle all these things. I can check out for eight hours and fall asleep in peace because God, you're watching over me. God, you're watching over me. This is why I want to memorize these verses. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. You can quote those verses when you're feeling an anxious situation, when you're dealing with a panic attack, when you can't sleep at night, insomnia, all the things that are stressing you out. We cast those things on our God, trusting that he is watching over us, working for our good. One final story. We went to, this is a couple years ago, Have you ever been to the ropes course at the Mall of America, Nickelodeon Universe Mall of America? It's this big four-story thing with all these narrow ropes and walking on narrow balance beams, and you're harnessed in to the the thing, but you got to... it can be pretty nerve-wracking because you're up like 30, 40 feet. So my observation when we were there and watching other people, there's three groups of people who do the ropes course. Has anyone ever done the ropes course at the Mall of America? Okay, you can decide what group you were in. There's the first group that even though they're fully harnessed in and they are safe, they get about four feet off the ground and they're like, "Uh uh-uh, that's it. That's as far as I'm going. I don't care about this harness. I'm not doing this. And they never really get off the ground. 
The second group of people, they'll go up high and they'll do the things, but they pull, the harness is kind of loose, so you don't really feel it. You gotta know it's there. So they'll pull all the slack out of the harness rope and they'll grab on and they'll white knuckle it and they're like, okay, I'm having fun. This is great, this is super fun. And as long as they can feel the security of it, then they'll manage, right? And the third group of people is those who say, you know what? Sure, this seems a little unnerving, but I know I'm safe. I know I'm safe. I know if I fall off of this, I'm not falling. I know I'm safe. So I can walk on this little balance thing knowing that I'm well cared for, okay? This is what Jesus invites us into. We don't need to say anytime there's an anxiety like, nope, nope, I can't do it. I can't handle that on my own. Nope, that's scary over there. I'm not doing that. Uh, that person bothers me. Nope, I can't. Or we can say, God, I will do it, but I'm, I have to feel you're there. God, are you there? Like, you know, constantly freaking out. God, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? Holding, the, taking all the slack out of the rope. Does that make sense? Or what Jesus invites us into is saying, live your life, adventure, steps of faith, bravery, because even though you don't feel it, you know it's there. You know it's there. You know if something happens, God is there watching over you. Your ability to trust him is how you're going to be able to rest and have a healthy soul and get through life, anything that causes you anxiety or fear. You can say, I can do this, whether it's school-related, work-related, neighborhood, family relationship, financial, fear of the future, fear of what the government's doing, all these things. You can say, God, I'm going to live to the full, be at peace, joyously live from the well of salvation because I know and I trust that you are there, that you are there. I don't need to feel it all the time, and I don't need to shrink away from anything that makes me scared. You are there. Take your fears, all the things that you're fearing, and declare, I will trust and not be afraid. Say it with me. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord is my strength. And I love that verse because it says, the Lord is my strength, but it says he's something else. He is my strength and my, remember what it said? And my song. The Lord is my strength and my song. Not just an absence of fear, but a replenishment of joy. You know that feeling you get when your song comes on, and some of you it might be, you know, whatever the song is. You're like, oh, kind of get your groove back a little bit. Mm. Barry Manilow. <laughs> you don't have to admit what it is. I got those songs. When I listen to them, I'm like, yeah, this feels good. I love that God declares, I'm not just your strength, I'm your song. I'm your replenishment of joy. We can be at peace because we trust him. We can be at peace in any situation. We can be at rest. We can be obedient in rest. We can learn to allow our minds to be still because God's got us. We can learn to set aside the, ca the, the cares and the anxieties that we face because God's got us. Some of you are dealing with anxiety and depression. I know it's way more complicated than just saying, okay, I'm going to read this passage of Scripture. But just you need to start disciplining your mind when you're feeling these panic attacks to say, I will trust and I will not be afraid. The Lord is my strength and my song. I will trust and I will not be afraid. The Lord is my strength and my song. There is hard work involved in getting over some of these things. But we got to be disciplined. we got to recognize we don't want to just adapt. We don't want to just have a life that we have to jiggle the handle three times or flip the switch in the right order. We want a healthy soul. Amen? So I encourage you to rest, to allow yourself to rest. Let's stand together as we close in prayer. Heavenly Father, 
we thank you and we praise you that you are with us. This is not just a metaphor or just something that we think is a good idea. You are practically, tangibly, your presence is with us. You go before us. You know what we're going to face this week. You know the unknowns that are coming our way. You have everything in the care of the palm of your hand. And we trust you today. We trust you today. Some of you are here this morning, and it's been a long time since you've let go a little bit of control in your life. But let's just do that right now. God, I trust you with this situation, whatever it is in your world. I trust you, God. I will be able to rest, to give my mind and my body and my soul the opportunity to rest knowing that I am well cared for by you, the creator of the world, the creator of me, my mind, my body, my spirit. You know what I need more than I do, so we trust you. I pray that you would allow us all, Lord, to just find our rest and our joy in you. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, Amen. Thank you, Homestead Church. We'd love to see you next Sunday. God bless you. Have a good week.